We welcome you, Lord. The other day in prayer, um, the classes, there's so much revelation was going forward, and um, I was sitting right over there. Um, we're teaching today at 12 instead of tonight, so um, we just thank you for joining in. Can everyone please share and and um, share to some groups or friends and get this word out there? We're teaching today on the future belongs to the intercessor. I always heard my leader preach that, and I didn't understand. I'm like, what does that mean? But I'm going to show some examples in the Bible where um, things were actually changed through prayer. The future was changed. The now was changed. And um, so we're going to start. I'll share later what happened in the Tuesday prayer. But we're going to start with uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. We know when Jesus went to hell and one, uh, took the keys back, he took the power that the enemy had gained through Adam and Eve's sin, and he took that back when he took the keys back. And he said, whatever you bind on earth, we bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So right here it says, Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, his disciples, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Not just in heaven, in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He said in verse 20, and I'll be with you always. Okay, let's look at Luke 4, 6, and 7. Thank you, Jesus. 4, 6, and 7. This is when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted of the devil. And the devil said unto him, All this power, what? All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Some versions say, all the power that was given to me. So the devil right here is saying, Jesus, if you'll just, and when you read in the Amplified, if you'll just worship me one time, woo, them one times that we think don't matter, them one times where we give in to our flesh, if you'll just worship me one time, he said, I'll give you all this power that was given to me. So the Bible says the devil right now is the little G of this world. Amen. How is he that? Because all power was given to him from Adam and Eve when they sinned from Adam, the man of the house. The man of the house that hid behind his wife. And I see that if people don't believe in generational things, they can look at that. Because through the years, there's very few men that stand up in their households. Very few. Most of them give in to the woman. They give in to her control. They give in to her manipulation and things like that. But it's because of that fallen nature. So we got to recognize that, men. We got to see that that's why it just seems easier to hide behind her and don't. Because when you make a stand, she give you L's, what I called the other day, H-E-L-L. -L. 
so we kind of don't anymore, you know. And what we're doing is giving the enemy the power in our household. That's just what he did. He says, I'll give this power that was given unto me. This is the enemy. And he said, and to whomsoever I'll give it. The enemy is saying, this was given to me and I'll give it to whoever I want to. And Jesus said, it's written, get behind me, Satan. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Because Jesus knew he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the enemies offering him something that was already his father's. It was already his inheritance. And he's offering it to him and he's like, yeah, he's hungry. He done been in there a bunch of days, you know, 40 days fasting and praying. And he still said, it is written, devil, get thee behind me. Luke 10, 19 says um, that he's given us power over all power of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means hurt us. What? He's, he's given me all power? So this power that the enemy had, 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 he doesn't have it anymore. He only has it when I don't take my authority. The Bible says that the violent, the, the violent, you mean I'm supposed to get aggressive? The violent take the by force. From, from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That means there's times I'm going to have to get aggressive with the enemy and push him back and say, you don't have the power over my house. I don't care how much my wife's bickering and complaining. I don't care how much she's trying to control the household. I don't care how much she's pushing me back and she's protecting them kids and won't give me the authority over my children and I'm the man of the house, but then she comes along later and wants to take the authority back. You're the enemy and you've got to get out. You've got to go in the name of Jesus, and I'm taking authority back over my house, and I'm taking authority back over my children, and they're going to have a spiritual father. Hallelujah. We marrying some folks, so I've been teaching a lot on marriage lately. <laughs> so let's look at Luke 9-1. Thank you, Lord. The future belongs to the intercessor. That's the title of this message. Luke 9.1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. So who has the power now? And authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them forth preaching the kingdom, healing the sick, and he said, I don't even take nothing with you. Because what you got is the Holy Ghost. What you got is the power of God. What you got tramples on serpents and kills snakes. I mean, I done had snake fall on my head, and that thing couldn't bite me. The thing fell on my head. And I went like that, and it wrapped around my wrist, a rattlesnake. And I threw him against the wall, and he was dead. I probably popped his neck. Yeah, I was traumatized, but he was dead. Yeah, it hurt me a little bit, but he was dead. <laughs> the violent took it by force that day. I don't think I ever moved so fast in my life 
but that thing was dead because I realized that he could have got my my eight month my daughter was pregnant, eight months pregnant, walked out right before me, and he could have got on her head, and she could have hit the concrete. And when you realize all that, then it'll make you mad at the devil, and you will fight. You will fight when he's coming after yours. You'll fight when he's coming after yours. Luke 9-1, he called them, and he gave them power to preach the kingdom. If I'm not going to preach kingdom, I don't need the power. Preaching means I'm going witnessing. I'm going uh, healing folks. I'm going rescuing folks out of homeless situations. And, you know, like we just did, and Destiny come up to me today, they had to give me back everything out of my house. They had to let me in and take everything. And she's so happy, and I said, I said, how's it going? Great. I got to see my kids yesterday. It's because someone helped her to teach her to how to make a stand, how to not give in to those things and not just ignore it. See, the priest and the Pharisee ignored that one that was thrown in the ditch, and they left him for dead. They left him for dead, and they go into the temple ignoring it. And the good Samaritan, the one that wasn't even a Jew, stopped and helped him, was moved with compassion. Amen. Somebody said, I got the power to go around doing good. That's what I need power for. Jesus went about doing good, healing all that was sick with the devil, uh, casting out the, healing all that was sick with diseases and casting out devils. Do y'all know Sunday? We had, no, let's say Tuesday prayer. We had people saved. Somebody got saved. People got healed. And some people got delivered. Brother Andy stood in the gout for some of his family. And I'm talking about delivering stuff coming out. Generational curses coming out. That's the ministry of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. And I can go ahead and tell what happened. And I've only felt this a few times, but this was the biggest I ever felt it. I was sitting where my husband is today on Tuesday prayer, kind of kind of at the end. I'll say prayer in the school. I think maybe after Pastor Robert was teaching and that anointing for gold came in. Woo! And... I'm sitting there, and I, I knew this elder Sandra behind me. I'm like, it was like a, a cold front come in, and it's like I know someone was behind me, and I looked two or three times, and there was nobody there. I believe it was the angel of the Lord, and he released that cinnamon fragrance. Pastor Dana said out of a vial. Because when that cinnamon fragrance, we were going home, and I a brother that was here visiting and hadn't just started coming here said we were praying over my room and this thing sat on the dresser and closed it crossed its legs at me and I've seen it before and I said well we're going to take authority right now and we started praying I called the pastors that I could see to come help me and um, he God ministered to him but also that cinnamon was released and Andy smelled it over here so if you want to say oh that's whatever coming out of your offerings a spray or whatever he he smelled it over here at the same time 
And after that, the miracles started happen. After that, but I believe that angel came, and I believe he released something that we could minister to the people. And I smelled it all afternoon. It got stronger and stronger and stronger till they say we're in the glory tunnel, and they said that it was coming out of my body. I didn't have any. I didn't have any perfume on. I didn't have any lotions on. Any of that. And I smelled it here Sunday, and I smelled it in the prayer Tuesday. So God's manifestations are flowing here. What is that? It's manifestations of his glory. He said, I'll give you signs and wonders and miracles. He's going to manifest his glory through your life. Ask him for something. I mean, I love seeing him, and that's the purest I've ever smelled. It's, it's very pure. So he's coming in to do a work. He's not just coming in so I'll smell good. There was a purpose for that. There was people that got saved after that, people that got healed, people that got delivered. It wasn't just for me. It wasn't just for me. Somebody say, the future belongs to the intercessor. We have the same authority that Jesus Christ had. He had power over heaven and earth. The Bible says whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed in earth. So we have the same power, and we're supposed to demonstrate it. Because he said, go heal the sick, raise the dead, set the captives free. We're supposed to demonstrate that power. There's many types of prayer. But there's this intercession and travail that Moses did that Jonah told the people to do. If you don't, you're going to die. He told Nineveh, you're going to die. There's other times we just pour our heart out, and that's what we did Tuesday in the prayer. We just worshiped him, and then his manifestations came. So there's times for all of those different kinds of prayer. But forget the religious prayers. If it's not, not touching you, it's not touching God. Is your t prayers breaking you? He said, break the fallow ground. You break your own ground up. That's how come some people stay hard. They never get in his presence and say, work on me anymore. They see a vision about their self. They see God showed them something they're going to do, and they never go into that altar and say, God, still work on me. So they, they're hardened. They're hardened. Amen. Forget religious prayers and abandon yourself completely to him. What does that mean? Set my mind on him. Set my heart on him. Not what I look like. Not that I'm fixing to have to teach and people's going to be looking at me. Abandon myself to him. Give myself over to him because I can't pray effective prayers in my mind, I can't pray prayers that's going to break strongholds over territories and cities and regions and over my family in my mind if I'm still worried about what I look like. If I'm still worried about what I look like, I don't have a, I'm not aggressive enough to go in there and take that devil. He's going to, he's going to tell me they're looking at me and I'm going to close down. I got to get out of all that stuff. The first time he told me to jump in here, the whole platform looked at me and stared at me. I thought when I opened my eyes, everybody would join with me. That was years ago. Mama was still pastoring, and he said to jump right over there. 
and they were, I'm talking about 10 of them. It hurt me so bad, hurt me so bad. But my friend was there, Laura, and she fell out under the power, and God changed her life that day because somebody was willing to abandon themselves, and they quit caring about all that. And God told me one night, he said, are, there for, are they there for you in the midnight hour? Why you care? What is man to you? That was his words to me, and it's in the word. What is man to you? He told Moses so many times, don't look at their faces, Moses. Don't be dismayed. Don't worry. Don't look at their faces because we're doing it for him. Amen? Amen. And I'm trying to accomplish something. I'm not... I'm not wanting to waste God's time or mine. Sunday, Abandon self and yield 100% to him. Quit having to think about, is it God? The devil ain't going to tell you to run around this church. You'll tell you what's the point in it. Well, that's you, and that's control, and you're refusing to lose it. Sunday. He may not ever tell you. I was so scared that I was going to have to prophesy at Marcella meeting. Oh, my Lord. One year, I almost didn't go. I kept thinking, I know you're taking me to these new levels. And I know you, because we, we traveled with Pastor D, and I had to prophesy Mississippi to that church, and it was so scary, you know. And I'm like, God, is this the next thing you're going to ask me to do? Because people would do that. It would be so thick in there, and they would like, shout it out, give a message in tongues, and I thought, I'm going to have to do that. I was sick. But I surrendered, and I said, I'm going to go ahead and go, and if I have to do it, I'm going to do it. And Pastor Dana told me one day in prayer before we left, she said, the prophets are subject to the prophet. So that word gave me peace that I wasn't going to have to do it. I wasn't going to have to do it. That was that word for me at that time. Because uh, we're there to listen to the prophet, not to me. So I wasn't going to have to do it there. That wasn't a setting. And most of those people that were doing it, he would stop them. He would get his ushers to go stop them. They were feeling the presence of God. And anybody can prophesy in that kind of thickness. But the Bible says, let it be out of two or three. Um, it's going to be so many people wanting to talk in here. We can already see that in the teaching and that's one reason we're going to have more classes because we have so many teachers, and I want you to. I'm not discouraging you, but the Bible says that let so many, two or three, and that's enough, prophesy. So you may be having a word, but he says keep everything in order. So when it's like that, you have to spread out. You have to have more classes and more platforms for more people to teach because they're so full. That means it's been a good school. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So to be this kind of intercessor that you're going to, the future belongs to you with God, then you're going to have to go in uncharted territory, uncharted territories. You're, you're going to have to go in the spirit to remote places, and God's going to show you the principality. He did that to me in Africa about slavery. He's going to have to, He's going to show you those things, and you're going to decree and declare them uh, to loose their hold off of them. Victory belongs to you already, but you must take it. It belongs to us. 
over our health, over our children. He said he's going to give us our promises and our household to be saved. Julie took her brother-in-law. She took him in the kingdom. Got him saved before he went to heaven, before he faced eternity, even if he didn't want to be. She broke the bands of wickedness over him, so he accepted Jesus Christ. And I'm going to show you where we can do some of that stuff. Prophetic declarations, because it's not my wisdom, but it's his. Romans 8, 26, the Spirit's going to pray through you. If we haven't lost control, the Spirit's not praying through us. We're praying head prayers. We're praying head knowledge. But every prayer that the Spirit prays will be answered. Every prayer that the Spirit prays will be answered. So that means when I connect with God and I'm not after my own agenda. If I'm over street ministry and I'm just going to see somebody because they can win my daughter, that's head stuff and that's manipulation and it's never going to work. It hadn't worked yet. It's not going to work now. So we got to lose ourselves in all that. God, who do you want me to go see? God, who do you want me to pray for today? Yeah, Caleb needs prayer today. He got hurt. Yeah, he couldn't walk yesterday. Can't work. And, and loading up all them babies when he come pick them up from my house. I don't come in here with that agenda. I make him some soup, and I take it to him, and I love him. But I come and say, what do you want to pray about, God? You want to pray for Brother Allen's daughters? You want to pray for Christian today? Because I know that when I seek ye first, all these other things will be added to me. Hallelujah. If I make it happen for another man, you'll make it happen for me. We were in prayer last week, and I wanted to teach today on narrow-mindedness. And I said, what is that? Is that tunnel vision? Some of us stay in, in this little place, and we never come out of that. I remember fasting every Wednesday for my mom when she was pastor. Me and Sonia would come here and pray all day for her. And I saw her one day breaking out of a tunnel, and she was so excited. They saw me breaking out of a tunnel. They saw me breaking out of a tunnel. Tunnel vision is where I can only see what's right in front of me, I, or I, I, one particular thing I'm focused on, but I'm not open to anything else. I don't even notice that this vision needs to go out. All I can see is Sunday morning. All I can see is what I got to do. I don't, I don't see further than myself. Julie says most people don't see past their hand. It took me years to get that. What's that mean, God? Their self. Therefore, no more what they're supposed to do today, not tomorrow. There's no vision. There's no hope for tomorrow. There's, there's nothing branching out. There's nothing moving forward. There's nothing moving higher. And I'm going to stay tunnel vision like that. And it's very narrow-minded, and I can never come up in the things of God like that. If, if you even share a vision, they're real quick to tell you, well, what's that going to do for Freedom Ministries if you want to take the vision? Uh, if, if you want to do this or that, what's that going to do for Freedom Ministries? It just stays real small. I come against tunnel vision, God. 
that someone look up tunnel vision and let's read what it means. Because how can the future belong to me if I can't never get out of the present? If I can't never see past where I am, Abraham, he was barren, and he had that promise that, that he, he had that promise of Isaac, and the angel told him to step out from where you are and look at the stars, look at the sand, because if you don't ever step out of what you're in, you're not going to see any, anything else, and without vision, we perish. Okay, what's... Uh. Defective sight in which objects cannot be properly seen if not close to the center of the field of view. And the informal definition is the tendency to focus exclusively on a single or limited goal or point of view. Can you read it again? Both of them? Yeah. Okay. The definition is the, the defective sight in which objects cannot be properly seen if not close to the center of the field of view. And the informal definition is the tendency to focus ex exclusively on a single or limited goal or point of view. Okay, anybody else got anything to say about tunnel vision? It says constriction of the visual field resulting in loss of peripheral vision the second one is extreme narrowness of viewpoint, narrow-mindedness, single-minded concentration on one object. Amen. So it keeps you only thinking about Freedom Ministries Church. Now I'm hitting stuff and I know it. But this has been an issue for several years. But if you look at any, if you look at any of them, if you look at Andrew Tao, well, I went when he wasn't popular. I went to his church with Apostle Darla when the ramp, he's, he's carrying wheat and stepson, but God called him to uh, Tennessee. And he started, you know, from scratch, and now he's getting real big. Uh, but he doesn't call it, he doesn't stay Freedom Ministries. Yes, it's Freedom Ministries. It's a branch. Um, T.D. Jakes doesn't stay Potter House. He, his stuff is on T.D. Jakes. There comes a time where you have to come up and come out. And if you don't, then it stays narrow-minded. It stays just that. That's all it can be is nothing else. Does anybody got any questions about that? Genesis 12, 1 through 3, he said, In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. It, you, you're taking the vision out there. You're doing more than Freedom Ministries Church. The revival house is vision, but most people don't have the concept in here. If I asked you, do you have the vision of the revival house? It took 10 years to get Mama's vision, and a lot of us, because she would say, who's got it? Three people raised their hand. Visions are supernatural. Visions are revelations. Um, but we've been hosting people um, a year and a half uh, now. 
And so the vision of the Revival House is to help people transition out of rehabs once they get out of a rehab. I've seen it over and over at Freedom Recovery. They come in, they, their mama's pushing them to go to work, go to work, go to work, go to work, because she needs money, but she's been making it without him for a minute. They go to work, then they back on meth. It happened to like five of them in no time in here. And I'm like, God, that's not the answer. What we're doing is not the answer. But it's because they need a place to get established enough and then go face reality. When Farrah um, came to our house, she said, I haven't had to face reality in 18 months because I couldn't do anything that they didn't know about. I couldn't even go to Walmart. I couldn't do anything. But when she come home, she's facing the fact if her daughter won't let her be there when her baby's born, she's facing the fact of, uh, of her son, all, all those issues of the past when she was high back then, and they didn't, she wasn't feeling what they're telling her. Now she's feeling all that. And you can't handle all that at once. You need a place to transition. That's what it's for. And right now we have 10 because we have three revival houses, four, four right now, four. So, so a lot of y'all didn't know that because you don't, you don't ask. You're not involved in that vision. It's just freedom ministries, Sunday morning, home groups. Uh, I'll go to prayer. Um, but does it ever go past that? Yes. Because God told me when he asked me would I go with him when I was standing up here preaching and we were full in here, a bunch of people. He told me when I said, yes, Lord, and stopped preaching and told y'all what God said. And then when it, helped, when it helped another church for two years, he told me I asked all my pastors to do this. See, he's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't just ask me to jump off the cliff. <laughs> he doesn't. But that's why you see them. They'll plant churches. They grow to a point. They have to do more. What does he ask all his pastors to do? He asks them to start planting churches or either um, having campuses. They don't just get to stay where it's easy. We don't get to stay where it's easy all of our life. We got to be stretched. If not, we turn religious. Go ahead, Pastor. I, what I see with the vision going out like that is that people have a preconceived idea of what it's going to cost them, and they're not willing to go there. Well, they're not surrendered to Jesus Christ. Because he said that we die daily and my life is not my own. Amen. Because it's like, it's like when we were going to, uh, to Conway, what my preconceived idea was that we're fixing to start traveling. Every time I was off, we were going to be gone, either to Conway or to somewhere else. And it was going to be costly. And... But that was my preconceived idea. That's not the way it even turned out. Mm -mm. 
we did travel for a short time, but now we're back here. Right. And but, you loved it, right? Yes. But yeah. uh, that preconceived idea will keep people from embracing what God is well, doing. Can we, can we see that's rebellion today? Do, do we get to just stop at certain points and it's okay? Because it's my job to, when, when God presents a vision through our apostle, through our head, it's my job to say yes. Mm. We were taught that from day one here. Yeah. It doesn't matter what is asked of me. Yes comes out of my mouth. That's my job. Now, after I say the yes, if I need a breakthrough, <laughs> I go get a breakthrough. You know what I mean? But, but that's my response. Whether I want to or not, my response is a, is a yes. And the want to comes when I get in prayer. If there's not one, Amen. you know what I mean? The yes is first. If I'll just surrender to that and say yes, he's going to bring everything else into alignment, everything I need, everything he's going to give me the vision. If I don't see it clearly, everything will come into alignment after I say yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for showing us, Lord. And y'all do, I mean, y'all all here today on a Thursday. So y'all do, y'all do follow the vision. But I do see some people that connect to parts of it and not others. And I don't, and I've never understand why we do that. Because why I don't understand it is because I'm constantly building people for your vision then and it puts me under you because you're no longer going with me just you bring me intercessors you bring me praise leaders you give me position but your next thing venture I'm going to leave you alone in it um let's go on before I get in more trouble Jonah 3 4 let's look Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Let's look at verse 9 and 10. Who can tell if God will turn and repent? The future belongs to the intercessor. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil way, and God repented of the You mean you can keep him from destroying something? And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Let's look at uh, Exodus 32. Moses is another example of the future belongs to the intercessor. Exodus 32, 11. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Someone one time said, out of sight, out of mind. And I think that's where I say we're not surrendered if we have that mindset because uh, I don't get to not think about it. I don't get to think of, not think about what my leader's doing. They didn't stop on Moses halfway. They went with him, two and a half million of them. Exodus 32, 11 through 14 says, And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, because God said, let me destroy these people. 
in Deuteronomy 9, 9, 14, he says, let me alone and let me destroy them because they're talking against you, Moses. They're griping against you, Moses, because you're trying to take them with the vision and they don't want to go, so they want to go back and settle. He says, Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against your people, which thou hast brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out to consume them? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against your people. Moses, is, that's true intercession. He's telling God to, to have mercy on these people. And he said, Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thyself, and said unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have. He's telling them the future. Remember, God, you swore to Abraham. Remember these things, that he's going to be the father of faith, and now you're wanting to, to destroy these Israelites. And there won't be no father, father of nations, because there won't be no nations. <laughs> I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give to your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. Verse 14. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do to his people. So did Moses change the future right there? Sure. Shakabai, let's look at 32, verse 31 and 32. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. He said, I don't want to go to heaven either if you don't forgive these people. I don't think I'm there yet. He said, blot me out of your book too, verse 32, if you're not going to forgive these people, God. Numbers 14, 20 says, God says to Moses, I have pardoned according to your word. Let's look at it. Numbers 14, 20. Some of these scriptures I thought I could just say, but they're almost hard to believe <laughs> that God was, woo, Numbers fourteen twenty. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Moses, I've pardoned these. I'm not going to destroy them because of you, Moses. Thank you, Lord. Psalms 106.23. Somebody say the future belongs to the intercessor. So when we think we're not doing any good, when the enemy tells you prayer don't matter, Psalms 106.23. Therefore he said that he would destroy them had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath lest he should destroy them. God said he would have destroyed them had Moses not stood before him in the breach. I need some intercessors like that. If, if, 
If you don't forgive her, God, then blot my name out of the book of life. <laughs> you know, Jonathan was like that with David. He gave him everything. Woo, he took his mantle off and gave it to him because he saw that God was on him. It wasn't all about him. Amen. To move into strategic prayer, we have to get a revelation. Let's look at Revelation 5, 1 through 8. Because God's positioning in intercessors in certain places at this season, certain towns, certain places, to do this very thing, to stand in the gap for America, for the nations of the world. I'm going to Romans. I need to go to Revelations. I just got a couple more and we'll be done. Revelation 5, 1 through 8. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither look at it. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and read the book neither to look at it. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. He, he's got the victory to open the book and to loose the seven seals. And beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb and had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into the earth. And it came and, and he came and took the book. How he do that? Because he already won the victory by going down on the cross and resurrecting. He was the only one that could open the seals. These are the judgments uh, that are going to be released on the earth. He said, and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four Twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps, golden vials, full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So before the book can be opened, the prayers of the saints happened. Before a book that nobody's worthy to open, the prayers of the saints had to happen. We take the book, he said in verse 8, every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song, saying worthy is the one that was able to take the book. But I want us to see before even anything can happen on the earth, the prayers of the saints went first. There was a search for one to be able to open the books. And the one, the, the line of Judah, the root of David, stepped forward to take it. Why? Because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And before the end time judgment could be released, that had to happen. The people have to pray. We're the ones going to pray Jesus back, is what I'm saying. We're the ones, he said, the oil and the wine cry out to him. Come, Lord Jesus. 
It's not according to God to do everything on the earth. It's according to us to pray. So the heavens open and the seals are broken open and the vows are seen and the prayers of the saints are heard and the incense is going up to heaven on behalf of your children, on behalf of your grandchildren, on the behalf of your city, on behalf of regions. So we got to come out of self. You know, if we're still 20 years here and we're still, all the new ones hear us say how we're so scared to teach. I'm still in myself. I've never come out of self. I can't see no new vision. All I can see is what I got to do. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. What's it take to come out of self? What it takes is to get in that presence and lose your mind. Lose yourself in his presence. Lose yourself. Let it be worth it to you to, to care. Don't care what you look like. Who cares? Who cares? Are they there when you need help? No. Do they bring you something when you're sick? Probably not. He's placing intercessors in a strategic position right now. Angels administrate the victory, but it's up to the prayers of the saints to win the final victory. They only administrate what we do. That's why it's such a mess out in our world. Because most Christians don't go past self. Most Christians... But I, I realize it's my fault. I should have done had people teaching and they'd be out of their self. They'd be out of their self. When you got to come in here and you can't walk and you got to stand up there and try to walk to the podium, you won't care anymore. You won't care about that stuff anymore. Let's look at Revelation chapter 8. It's the last scripture. Verse 1, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half of an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a gold censer. That's what happened Tuesday. The angel was here. He seen the cries of God's people. He stood with a golden gold. There's that gold word again. Censor. And there was given unto him much incense that he should, what? Cinnamon, smelling, vanilla, roses. That he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it in the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to the sound. So there too, they're going to be open because of the prayers of the saints. God's going to have a people that's going to pray. Because it's the word of God. These things aren't going to happen until that happens. 
and I want to be one of them. I want to be one of those strategic intercessors that says, I can't wait to teach someone else how to pray. I can't wait to teach someone how to live in victory. I quit looking at how I look like, how I feel today. I quit looking at they don't want to hear me because I feel all that. I, I don't feel it. Y'all love me. But I have felt it. They don't want to hear me. It ain't about what you want. God put me here. <laughs> I'll be like Pastor D. Y'all, some of y'all don't want me here, but she does, Mama, and he does. So I'm here. So, God, we just give you praise, Lord. We thank you that the future belongs to the intercessor. We see what Esther saved the children of Israel, God, through prayers and intercessions, Lord. We can change nations with our intercession. We can change circumstances with our intercessions. We can come before the throne room of God and you will say, I repent because I really wanted to destroy them. God, I thank you for that revelation today, God. And I ask that you raise up people to know the importance of the power of intercession, God, that they see, Lord, that it's not just some little job. It's not something to even mock about. It's not something to make light about that I have to do. It's, it's, it's not something that nothing's going to happen without it. Someone else got to say something, or do y'all have any questions today? Thank you, Jesus. Let's talk about, uh, is there reasons why we don't want to come out of ourself? Is there any new reasons? And I don't mean this harsh, but I've heard I might be wrong so many times that it makes me sick to my stomach. Unless a new person can say that to me. Because to, in order to learn how to flow in the anointing, you're going to be wrong. You got to learn. It's just like riding a bike. You fall and you get up. That's part of it. So it's just better just to say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm going to do it. Is there another reason besides, oh, I'm not sure the timing. I know that's a real one. Uh, I'm not sure the timing either. Except for the areas I've already conquered. Now I pretty much know if he says run, that's God, and I'll do it. But if he says spit in Elder Sandra's eye, I'm gonna, it's going to be another level for me. So I'm going to have to do it or not do it. But if I want to be able to heal the blind man, I probably, if God said that to me, that's a level I'm going to have to break through. Or, I, or they're not probably ever going to get healed by me. So it is according to how far you want to go. But let's please come off of care of what we look like and, and let that be dead. Babies I can see, but not mature Christians. I can't see that anymore. It really brings more attention to you than off of you. Because it, it, people make jokes to get the attention off, but it's like, you're still insecure about that? What can we do to change that? Someone tell me today. Charlotte, tell me what can we do to change that if you feel that way. We can turn it off now. Thank you. I think you just do it anyway. I don't, <clears throat> you know, you, you go as far as you can go, and 
you know, the enemy's going to make sure and come back, come back at you with all the things he used to keep you down with. But I think if you just, you know, you pray and you go on and do it, you just do it. And eventually it's going to get better. I think it's, it's way better now than it was uh, 15 years ago, you know. We realize how we sound. I'm not talking about any particular person. Do we realize how we sound when we have disciples here and we're talking about how we don't want to do this or that or the other? Because what they say to me, how can they still feel that way after 20 years? So I'm the one going home with them, and they ask them questions. They don't understand that because it makes it seem real hard to them. Like, I'm never going to get there. So... Um, why, wh how else can we change that and stop it? Someone tell me, please. I just want to say um, that day we was in prayer, and I had been praying to God. I wanted to come up more, and uh, I knew I was going to be a little nervous about it, but um, when, when you told me to do it, and the first day, I just looked at the people, and it was so good. It didn't matter to me. You know, because God told me to tell my story. And then you came back the second time and you said it wasn't what I found out in the process. I don't know with other people, but the enemy do start to attack you. He attacked you in areas that you thought you had died to. And then you come back. But that has made me see I need to keep going and going even more. He attacks everybody that preaches the word. Because that is the word. Persecution comes for the word. Yes. So it don't matter. Laura Sorella, he got attacked. You know, I, we get attacked. That's just part of it, you know. But we have to decide how far we want to go. And um, it's not, it is rebellion. If we stop anywhere in this, in this walk with God, then we're, we're going to turn religious on that level. And we'll think we're not, but we are, because we, God showed me that a long time ago. I said, how do people turn religious? He said, they stop obeying me, because there's nowhere else to go but backslide or turn religious right there. That's the only place there is. And we'll stay at that same level, and we'll do, I'm not saying we won't do any good, but I'm saying that I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, Someone said, Ronnie Howard Brown said, God said he won't be mad at you if you, what did he say? He could go higher or not. But that's not what I'm talking about. He said that to me. I'm not talking about that. If he told you, you can stay right here and be blessed or you can do this and be blessed. But he has never told me that about a vision under my leader. He's never told me I could stop under my leader. If she's going up, I had to go up too. Apostle, I, I think uh, if we see our leaders, if you see a pastor or apostle, somebody, you know, we, we talk about being pioneers, you hear all that stuff, but a pioneer is going forward and he's only going, he or she is only going first. That means you have to go there too. It, we're not we're not going to take the land so that you can come in. We're going to take land so that you can go and take land and go further and further. If you see us as a pioneer, 
then you see yourself doing the same thing. Otherwise, we're just doing something that you won't ever achieve. And we're not trying to, we're not trying to take you into the presence. We're trying to teach you how to get into the presence so that you can teach others how to get into the presence and so that it carries on for generations. It's not just for this church. It's not just for the ministry. It's, it's for the, the glory of God to last and to carry on. You know, uh, so if I see Apostle up here teaching, then I don't say I'm, if, and then she comes to me after church and says, hey, would you teach on this? She's not going to ask me to teach on something more than likely that's not in my life or that she hasn't seen. She's trying to draw that further and further out of me. And so, so me being nervous, it may, just because it's my first time, but it's not nervous because it's not in me, or she wouldn't have asked me to preach that. Well, I would like to come to altar and pray. Um, pray. So I just invite you to join me, and we're going to get in God's presence and pray today for God to search our hearts. And if there's any area that we're stopping that we don't even know what this vision's doing besides what it's doing already. If that's you, then you're not submitted unto me, really. You're submitted out of what you already know. But I'm, I'm going above that, past that, what I already know, into other realms. And so I need help getting there. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus.